Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of You Daemonia Podcast. My name is Caitlin. I am the host of this podcast, and I feel like I have to completely reintroduce myself to you because holy crap, it has been over a year. I think the last episode I recorded was April of 2021, so it's been about a year and a half. I hope this podcast finds you well. <laughs> Do you guys ever get that email? Dear so and so, I hope this email finds you well. I'm like, girl, when am I ever really well? Like no one's opening an email saying I'm really well. Okay, sorry, that was a little bit of a distraction. But anywho, it has been a long time is the bottom line. So I wanted to give you a life update and just kind of fill you in on this podcast because it has been awkwardly long and I feel like if I picked up as if nothing happened, you guys would be like, okay so um let's just go ahead and dedicate this episode to kind of a life update i i have some um i don't i wouldn't call them words of wisdom but i I just have some life reflection that maybe some of you would find helpful others of you might find it you know neutral whatever but um this is this is my jam I, i just like to to spit some perspective and you guys can take it with a grain of salt but yeah so this past year was a trip and um, I'll give you the update before I dive into kind of what's going on in my life and the whole 411 I did want to recap on the episode that was recorded so long ago um, again, this is April 2021. I had my my really good friend, Laura. She's a registered dietitian. She um, really targets athletes, uh, people who are trying to perform any type of sport. Um, she really focuses on mindful fueling. That's actually her uh, in her Instagram handle there. So um, Laura and I had a really, really good conversation about how she got into being a registered dietitian, what inspired her. Um, how she coaches her clients, and really just um, the psychology behind mindful mindful fueling because I think a lot of times we get so wrapped up in do's and don'ts of nutrition and we do think that it can be black and white, but really fueling and nutrition is so individualized and it's very, very important and crucial, at least from our perspective on our podcast when we were talking, it's really crucial to have a really positive mindset when you're addressing that topic. Uh, A lot of times we'll find people have negative relationships with food, with fueling, and it often feels like a chore, mindfully fueling, when it, it really shouldn't be. And so if you guys, especially around this time of year, we've got Thanksgiving around the corner, if you are really struggling with your relationship and your psychology around food and nutrition, and that balance of exercise, but also looking at your overall nourishment. I really encourage you to check out Laura Asbury's Instagram page. Um, I'll leave it in the, the description of this podcast. Her Instagram handle is Mindful Fueling Nutrition. And her name is Laura. She is an athlete dietitian. In the last episode of this podcast, we go over what difference there is between a registered dietitian and other dietary specialists because sometimes the the jargon of fitness culture and dietary culture 
they kind of lead you to think there's more credential than there is. But it's super important to look and see is that dietitian a registered dietitian with the schooling and the knowledge and the expertise to to guide you in a way that's safe. Um, I won't get too far into it because you guys can listen to the episode. But you know, when I was working previously in the fitness industry, something that I ran into in more corporate boutique fitness settings is they they would really promote meal plans that oh, well, it's by a nutritionist. And that doesn't mean that they have the amount of knowledge and schooling. As someone who is a registered dietitian who sat for their special test and got all the credentials needed to safely guide you. So I really stress that because especially in today's age with toxic culture behind fueling, I really want everyone to be aware of um, what things to be cautious of so that way you're not going down a dark path. So there's my my TED talk on that. But Laura, thank you again for coming on. Thank you one and a half years later. I just messaged her actually um, because I, I've shared her podcast with a few of my friends recently because we were on the topic of mindful fueling. We were on the topic of this time of year just feeling kind of down on ourselves and in it's tempting to want to binge and restrict, binge and restrict. And, and that we really don't want you guys to have to feel that way. We want you to, to form a very fulfilling, healthy, positive relationship with fueling. And I think that Laura does a really nice job of just touching on lots of topics that people are concerned about and conversations that people bring to her. So go check out that last podcast episode. I think that some of you will find it um, very, very helpful. So let's get into just a whole lot of update because I don't want this podcast episode to be just like, here's Caitlin giving you the update on her life. I mean, that's what this episode is kind of going to be in a sense, but there's a lot of flourishing themes that I found throughout reflecting on this past year. And I just, I wanted to share this past year's journey. So if any of you are feeling stuck right now in any aspect of your life that you're like, okay, Caitlin's been stuck too and she figured out a way to get unstuck. So without further ado, let's set the date back to September 4th of 2021. So I was actually driving on that very date to my two best friends' wedding. My, my best friends were getting married, Larry and Kelly. Shout out to you. That was a rager of a wedding. And on my way to the wedding, I mean, I was just kind of hitting burnout that time of year. It was September. It, it's, you know, similar timing to now where it's, it's just the start of fall. I know we're in November now, but um, picture it. It's the start of fall last year. I just kind of was hitting a wall with a little bit of everything. Kelly and Larry's wedding was in Connecticut. So whenever I get in the car... I have time to think, which is which is a good and a bad thing. So I'm in the car and I'm thinking about my my job, my where I'm living, my finances, my social connections, and I'm like, okay, I'm paying a lot of money. I'm getting a little bit burned out of my job. So I'm driving to this wedding in Connecticut and I'm thinking, okay, 
Am I happy with where I am right now? Because as soon as a change of season occurs, that's where I start really getting kind of reflective. And I don't know if you guys are like that too, or if I'm just a weirdo. Um, Cool either way. But so I'm driving, I'm thinking, I'm like, am I happy? Where am I with my life? And honestly, I will tell you guys at that point, I, I was kind of noting that I really wasn't happy. I wasn't miserable. I just wasn't, I, I just wasn't feeling fulfilled anymore. So, um, you know, and I had some of my closest friends still live in the Boston area, but I was just like, I, I need something different because I feel like I'm plateauing. I feel like I'm paying a lot of money. I just feel tired, burned out, and I, I don't have any quality of life. And this podcast, and this is why I'm bringing this up on the podcast um, to give you a life update, but also to bring this up. This whole podcast is about finding ways um, to ensure well-being, to promote flourishing. And like I said um, in the intro podcast, the first episode, when people come on here, I don't expect them to to kind of preach at you their perspective is the the way, the only way, the only ideology you should have. Um, I just bring people on here to shed light on their experiences. And so I wanted to shed light with you guys on my experience with this feeling stuck because I know from talking to a couple of my friends, they, they feel stuck sometimes too with certain aspects of life. And it, it feels paralyzing. It, it honestly sucks. And um, I feel grateful and, and very lucky at the time where I, I had a therapist I could bring this to, but... I think she was kind of noticing with me too, like, oh, Caitlin, like, you just are kind of regurgitating the same stressful stories week after week of just not feeling like there's much going on. So, driving to the wedding, call my best friend Claire. What else would I do? <laughs> I mention her so much, but she is truly one of my uh, closest childhood friends, and she just she gets me to the core. So, wh- who do I call? I call Claire, and I say, dude. You live in Chicago. I live in Boston. I'm on my way to this wedding right now. How crazy would it be if I moved? So she said, yeah, you should do it. And I, you know, I was very cautious with the idea because I know how I am. I can be super impulsive and think that things are a good idea in the moment. And then when I logically look at it, I realize, okay, maybe that's not such a good idea. But this was a case that was um, alarmingly different for me where I felt like I just, I needed to do something. So um, with that, I'm lucky where I had a good support system to reflect on all of it. And I could have gone one of two ways. I could continue just feeling this way, feeling dissatisfied and feeling sorry for myself, which it's, it's very tempting to do that. I mean, I think it's very acceptable to process how you're feeling out loud quite a few times before you take any action because that's part of the processing system. You you have to um, identify it and sometimes for you to really identify it, you have to identify it a few times for it to sink in. So I uh, I was noticing this trend of uh, I'm regurgitating the same story where I'm just not feeling fulfilled. I'm not feeling totally great. And it was September 4th on that drive to the wedding where I decided I'm going to move. And it wasn't like a cute little whimsical fairy tale that I had in my head. I mean, this was, this was real. So on the drive home from the wedding, I thought, okay, I decided I'm going to move, but what do I need to do to get unstuck? And that's what this podcast is about. 
this episode at least. Um, how, how do you get unstuck when you want to make that change? And I think the timing of this podcast episode is great. I think the timing of my move was great. I think fall is a time for change. I mean, the leaves are changing. The weather is changing. There's just a lot of time for that self-reflection. So yeah, I, I did think that talking about self-reflection, change, goals, how to get unstuck might be a good topic for some of you at, the, at this point of the year. So let's just dive right into it. What did I do when I had the epiphany of wanting to move? I mean, for some of you, you might have moved 12 million times across the country and it's not a big deal. Uh, For me, I mean, my first big move was from Grand Rapids to Boston. That was uh, a long drive. It was a long haul. I had to sell all of my things and then restart there. And, And, you know, that... That wasn't easy, but it was exciting. And I also had the comfort of knowing after I moved, I was taking grad school courses. So I think as a young adult, that's the easiest way to make friends, uh, hands down, is being in college, uh, being in any type of class, because you're stuck with these people for many hours a day especially in grad school, you're in these smaller cohorts usually, and and you get really close with those people. And I knew I was working at a school. So um, when you work at any school, it's pretty easy to get close with uh, your your coworkers. So I did have some comfort there, but I did have a little bit more concern moving where I was at this point in my life because I had just gotten my first out-of-school occupational therapy role that I've been in for about a year at this skilled nursing facility, subacute rehab. You know, I was one of two OTs and I was I was really proud of myself as a entry-level clinician to even get a job, especially at that time, still kind of the height of the pandemic and the idea of moving to another state. For some people, your jobs allow that and that's great and it's easy. For For someone who has a license in a certain state, moving is not as uh, simple as I'd like it to be. (laughs) I'd love it to be just, you know, snap your fingers and let's go. If that were the case, you better believe I'd be living out of my RV that I uh, do not yet have. And I'd be living down by the river and I'd be uh, bopping around state to state all the time. But for me, it's like, shoot, I have my New Hampshire in Massachusetts occupational therapy license. Like, What does it look like to do all the work I need to do to get licensed in the state of Illinois? So basically, um, I won't bore you with the details of that because that's really not what this whole episode is about. But I had to think about what do I need to do if this is my goal? I'm not happy where I I am. I want to move. What do I need to check off my list? So what I did is I I went home, you know, once I got settled from my... Uh, weekend, I, I went home and I got a piece of paper and a pen out and I quite literally made a old school checklist and I put down all of my concerns and worries slash things I had to address whether I wanted to or not if I was going to do this move. And putting putting those things on paper made it more real. It was certainly terrifying to see them written out because I thought, oh shoot, like she's gone mad. Like she, she's actually doing this. So I wrote down things like, tell your landlord you need to break your lease. Ask what 
compromise you can make with breaking a lease. Inform your supervisor. Emily, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but Emily, I was terrified to, to let you know of my plans to move because I really did enjoy that team that we had. Like it was, it was a solid rehab team and I didn't want to let them down, you know, but I wrote that down. Tell my boss that I have plans within the next couple months that I'm going to move. Um, you know, I, I had a few other things I had to get lined up, a, a lot of uh, legal documents. I had to figure out what I needed to submit to, to start the application for my Illinois occupational therapy license. It was just a lot of little details. I had to research Chicago, look at what the price points look like for one bedroom apartments. I had to visit and actually look at part apartments in person. There was a lot that went into it. And writing it all down, even though it made it a little bit scarier because it felt more real, it made it more attainable to work at these smaller goals within the big goal. So what I will say, um, you know, as an occupational therapist, when we evaluate our patients, we have to think about, okay, what is the, the overarching long-term goal? And a lot of our patients will say, I want to do more for myself. I want to go home. I want to be out of pain. And I want to get back to all of my activities of daily living. That's, that's kind of your most basic general outcome that a lot of patients will say to us. I just want to feel better and get back to what I'm doing. So I thought about, okay, What's my overarching goal? What's the big picture here? My big picture was move to a new place and give something else a shot, right? Very general. So with our patients in the field of occupational therapy, we have to look at the the long-term goal, get home, get back to it, feel better, be safe. And we have to break it down to short-term goals, attainable goals. And you know, in the field of occupational therapy, I won't bore you with it, but we'll set mini goals of like, walk to the bathroom, put on a pair of pants, um, sequence a grooming or hygiene task. Like they're, they're, they're all like little baby steps, right? To get to that long-term goal of returning home safely and getting back into your routine. So that's what I do for my career. So looking at my life, looking at my long-term goal, I had to kind of use my OT brain, which it's a simple concept really, but I had to think, okay, that's my overarching goal. I want to move. What short-term things do I need to start chipping away at so I can make this happen and it doesn't feel so overwhelming? And so I made that list and that list was honestly the best thing. And, you know, making the list doesn't mean that you have to do the list. Making the list is just getting the process started. So some of you might have goals for, um, you know, financial health. Some of you might have goals for your relationships. Maybe you have goals for um, you want to buy your first home. Maybe some of you want to um, go back to school for a totally different career. This podcast episode I'm hoping can relate to a lot of you. I don't want it to just be about my my story, my situation. But um, I think when you have this discomfort and you're feeling that need for change, I think the best thing that you can do, at least from my perspective, is write down what that long-term goal is 
and then write down your short-term goals on a piece of paper as if you were going to do them. Now, again, it doesn't mean you have to make that choice that you're doing it. When I was writing this checklist, I still wasn't fully convinced that I'd do it. I'm like, oh shit, like I'm writing this all out and every single bullet point I write on this checklist, it kind of gets a little scarier and more overwhelming each time. But it's it's that exposure therapy of of the reality of, okay, if I did want to do this, these are logistically the things I'd have to check off that list. So in summary, that's step number one. Put it on paper. Decide if you accept or reject the logistics and the goals that go into the long-term vision. Because if you don't accept those goals, that's okay. But at least you know that you really thought it through before you made the decision to say, yes, I want to do this or no, I don't want to do that. The second concept of change that I've recently wrapped my head around is just being open to things not being perfect. I don't know how many of you relate to the toxic trait of wanting things to be completely perfect, but life sucks when you have to have everything in line like that. It it just stinks. There is something beautiful about relaxing and just seeing where things go. Now, um, it is important to have a plan with a lot of things. Like, for example, this podcast, I didn't just press play and say, okay, I'm going to just see where my mind wanders. Like, I I have kind of a general outline of things I want to talk about with you guys today. But when we try in any aspect of life for things to go perfectly, you're, you're automatically setting yourself up to fall short. You're setting yourself up for failure. So when I made that checklist, I had the things I could control lined up. And that was, you know, securing housing, researching, getting my license in Illinois. But not every single detail was tied up before the ball was rolling. And that to me was a little bit scary. So I got this interview for a registry position at the hospital I currently work at. It's not full time. So... They pay you a little bit more because you're not full-time and you don't get benefits, but you just don't have the security of health insurance. You don't have the security of getting enough hours to pay for rent each week. Um, It's just a lot of unknown. So I did secure that registry position, but when I decided to move, I, I didn't have anything else lined up. And I... I thought to myself, you know, wouldn't that be nice to have one more registry position or one more job lined up so that way when I moved there, I wasn't really freaking out. But I did think to myself, I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to move, it's going to be a lot easier to at least get settled and get my foot in the door so I have an address to, to put on my resume that is in Chicago so I can be available if they would like an in-person interview and it was the same time of year. So I thought, okay, if I cannot find another occupational therapy part-time role, then I will do anything I need to. I will work anywhere to help out with the holiday rush just to make ends meet. And I, I had to decide that that was definitely an option, that that definitely might be the case if I didn't find anything quickly. Then I, that that's what I'd have to fall back onto is a part-time job in the field that I didn't go to school for. 
And I'm glad I moved. I'm glad I started my registry job because I didn't even have to to find a, a part-time job not in my field. I mean, as soon as I started that registry job, it was only a couple of weeks where they're like, you know what, do you actually just want to work here full time? And I was flabbergasted with how things fell into place. And I think that wouldn't have happened if I turned down a registry job because it wasn't a full-time job. I think that it would have been really hard for me to land a full-time job at that point. And I think this um, position that was part-time was my foot into the door of getting to the position where I wanted to be. And it was a huge risk. And I'm not saying if you're in the same position with something similar to do it. I think everyone's situation is completely different. But going back to that avoid, you know, avoiding that need for perfection, that was the one thing about my move that I really felt not great about. I'm like, well, I would like to secure a full-time job before I move. And that just, I mean, I've been applying to occupational therapy jobs at this point before the move for like two or three months, but that's the most action that I've seen. And that's why I thought, you know what, we got to throw the perfection piece to the side and kind of let go, let God here because I need to get the ball rolling. I don't think there is ever a perfect time for a lot of our big life events. So that for a lot of people, myself included, it's it's not comfortable. Um, and that's my, my third and final point. Seek out discomfort. And that sounds kind of absurd if you think about it because who, who in their right mind wants to be uncomfortable? Um, but if you take a temperature check and you realize you haven't felt discomfort in quite some time, that probably means that you haven't changed anything about your life in quite some time. And you know, I'm, I'm not here to tell you if that's a good or bad thing. I, I don't believe that life is black and white like that. But I am here to tell you that if you don't feel discomfort, that that means that you're not experiencing change. And um, from my personal perspective, I think change is very um, crucial to well-being. I think it's crucial to flourishing because if we are stuck where we are, even if it's in a good place, you're not living life to the fullest because you're kind of in your bubble. And there's so many reasons that in hindsight, I'm thankful for situations panning out the way they did when I I was pushed out of my comfort zone. I'm glad I didn't get, you know, as many opportunities for graduate schools in Michigan where I was already living because that's where I wanted, I wanted to stay in Michigan. That's where my circle was for grad school. Instead, I got accepted to schools that were not in Michigan. In hindsight, I'm glad that these opportunities presented itself because that provided the discomfort I needed to be a more um, brave, individualized person. So if we are relating it back to me moving from Boston to Chicago, I really had to embrace some pretty awkward feelings uh, during that transition here. So from a work perspective, I had never worked in a hospital setting before. Um, I've previously worked as an occupational therapist in a school setting. I've worked at a skilled nursing facility, subacute rehab facility, but never, never, never at a hospital. 
And in fact, a lot of my my colleagues, my friends, they've at least had a fieldwork placement at a hospital. And and fieldwork is graduate school experience where you at least get exposure, but someone's mentoring you. And I didn't even have that. All of my fieldwork was um, in, in different settings, which were great experiences, but the setting that I was applying to was wildly uncomfortable in itself because I felt like a complete imposter. I I have no experience with inpatient rehab. I have no experience with acute care, critical care. And I'm just thinking, why would they even want me? And to be quite honest, that was a huge barrier at first for applying for the position. I thought, I'm not going to apply for this position. They're not going to want me. But I'm so glad I did. I'm glad I I took that risk and really just put it out there because I, I wouldn't have found out if they wanted me or not if I didn't apply. And wildly enough, they, they hired me. And they, you know, if if people don't know kind of how that played out, my um, my inpatient registry job turned into a, a full-time acute care critical care, occupational therapy role. And it just, it molded together so beautifully. So the point of bringing that fact up is I had to be intentional about the discomfort. I knew that when I was applying to that role, that it was an awkward feeling. I didn't open that job application and think, huh, easy, this is going to be great. I, I kind of dreaded applying. I dreaded the interview because I'm thinking, how am I going to convince them that I'm qualified? So it was very uncomfortable and it was intentionally uncomfortable. Um, another thing that was uncomfortable to, to navigate that I really forced myself to learn how to do is to take the transportation systems in Chicago. Um, Boston has a few. I didn't take them all the time, but I knew how to take them as far as the MBTA, the the subway and you know the, the commuter rail out there. I knew how to navigate it all, but Chicago, there's just a lot of transportation in many different modes, and I, I wasn't sure of the system and how it worked. Um, you know, how do you scan your ticket to get into the subway system? How do you pay when you are getting on and off a bus? Like, those are silly things that a lot of people don't want to even learn because that'd be too uncomfortable to learn. It's too awkward. So that's something I knew I wanted to have access to in a more comfortable way. So... I knew that in order to achieve that that feeling of this is easy, I have to start somewhere. So I had my friend Claire show me the ropes there and um, definitely felt super awkward at first. And now it's it's like second nature to me. So I'm very grateful for that. I mean, I distinctly remember my, my, first, my first commute to work. I wanted to take the blue line to work because I was so stressed out about parking I I wanted to scope it out a little bit first before I committed to parking just because I didn't want to be late so I'm like okay well I'll I'll learn how to take transportation and then I'll just take the transportation system to work so I get on the blue line at like 5 30 in the morning and you know this is my first time taking this line to work during work hours and I just remember you know, you've got a lot of rough people on the train. And I had the first guy was like laying across the seats and he just grunted at me. He started kind of convulsing and saying, get away from me. And that was very uh, disturbing. So I awkwardly moved to a different spot on the train and, you know, everyone's staring at me move. So now I look really awkward. Um, And then after I move, I have another guy who's like shoveling onion rings down his, his gullet 
and he looks at me, he locks eyes with me, and just chucks an onion ring at me on this train, right? So in that moment, I thought, I'm never, I'm never taking the train again. <laughs> this is, this is not what I signed up for. You know, it's my first day of work, and I'm getting onion rings thrown at me on the train, and it just, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good vibe. But um, I just thought, you know, Caitlin. There's uh, one of two ways you could go with this. You could give up on taking public transportation because that that was a very uncomfortable situation or let's just ride that discomfort out until it feels normal. And if someone throws an onion ring at you in the future, it's just another day. (laughs) So so you better believe, you know, I was ready to rock, you know ready for work. I'm like, let's, let's go bring on all the onion rings. And I, I walked onto that train so confidently. I had fear in my soul, but confidence in my eyes. And you better believe I didn't had another onion ring thrown at me since. <laughs> so, so anyways, that was kind of a long winded story about the, the blue line, but you have to intentionally be uncomfortable if you want to achieve certain goals and in that case I wanted to master taking all of the the public transit I didn't want to stop there I didn't want to take it once and quit like I'm like no I want to feel comfortable with this and this feels uncomfortable right now so I had to intentionally expose myself to these awkward situations before I felt like okay now I could hop on any of the buses or the trains and be like yep I got this and if something weird happens, it's it's cool. I know how to handle it. So long-winded. There you go. I thought I'd end with the onion ring story, but the three takeaways from this episode, if, if you got anything at all from my uh, babbling, is if you are feeling stuck, I encourage you to write all of your thoughts on paper. See what maybe the, the generalized vision you have is and then write down some smaller attainable goals. So that's number one. Number two, really think about can you let go of certain imperfections so you're not so paralyzed to pull the trigger on what it is you need to accomplish to, to meet those goals. If you have most of those short-term goals met, Can you kind of throw yourself um, into situations without everything being completely perfect? And the third thing is, can you seek out discomfort even if you don't have to? Are there ways you can seek out discomfort so the world feels more like home anywhere you go or your situation feels more familiar in any situation you're in? So those are kind of the three takeaways that have helped me. Again, I don't think they're the end-all be-all. I don't think they work for everyone, but that's something that I've experienced as I I moved from Boston to Chicago. And, um, you know, just to tie up loose ends, now I work in acute care as an occupational therapist. I've worked on the general medicine floor. I've worked on ortho, oncology, neuro, neuro ICU. Now I'm back on gen surge and we, we rotate every every three months or so. But I have made the most incredible friends. I have a job that I am totally in love with. And right now I'm in the process of onboarding for a second registry position at another hospital. And this hospital is a, a trauma one hospital that will give me great experience and education. And I just feel so honored to be in these positions because if you would have asked me a year ago, two years ago, where would I be? I probably would not have guessed that I'd be in Chicago finding a setting. I'm absolutely 
in love with as far as my job and where I live. And, you know, just just being closer to family um, and still being in good contact with my old friends. Like, I just feel very um, thankful. So here, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to all. Here's my thankfulness episode. Um, but yeah, that that whole experience just promoted a lot of flourishing and well-being that I hope, if anything, uh, you guys can take some of those components and apply it to your own life. That way you have some flourishing and well-being for the months and years to come. So I just feel grateful and I will continue to keep you guys updated on what's going on. But, you know, I've talked to a few of you guys and it sounds like we've got some some good uh, potential guests coming on. So if you have anything at all, any stories, any insight that you want to share on this podcast that has anything to do with promoting flourishing, well-being, um, please let me know. Please uh, shoot me a text and email and Instagram message. I just think that all of the people I surround myself with are just wonderful, brilliant people, and I have so much to learn from you guys. So by all means, don't be shy. Come on, share your share your tidbit, and I'm sure that a lot of people would like to listen. So thank you guys for listening to me talk and letting me uh, have this space to share my experiences, and uh, we will talk soon.